Well, sacred sexuality has its roots in Neo-Tantra. Neo-Tantra is all about, um, you know, knowledge about awakening and taking responsibility for yourself and experiencing sex as more of a sacred experience. Um, instead of just, well, I'm going to fuck and that's going to be over and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Instead, there is the experience of making it really special between, if, you know, between you and your partner. Um, you know, you will be doing meditation, you'll be doing breath work, you'll be doing all kinds of things that will help you take you into those realms of spirituality where an orgasm can feel like an absolute, I've just been touched by God on, you know, and I'm, I'm feeling at one with everything in the universe. Hello! Do you guys like the little new, like, intro that I just put together? I did it myself, and I'm, like, so impressed with my skill set. Like, who is she? Um, I'm going to share a little fun fact. So, first of all, I'm having a little bit of an allergy situation. So, my dog, Cleo, is hypoallergenic. However hypoallergenic means that when your dog goes into the grass and rolls around (laughs) in it and goes in bushes that you are somehow immune to all like I still get allergies is what I'm basically getting at no matter what so that's what I'm dealing with today it's not as bad as it usually is I think I need to start sleeping again with my humidifier even though it's been super humid here. It's like weird. I feel like I live in like Florida or something like a Seattle mixed with like a little bit of Florida. (laughs) Um, it's like overcast, but humid. And then it was like super hot. And then it got like cold. It was so weird. It's so weird. So I'm having allergies. And, um, I also wanted to share something gross with you guys. Um, I don't know if you know. Okay. I think I've actually mentioned this. Sometimes I, have gum in my mouth and while I'm like doing these and I realize it halfway through and I'm like oh my gosh I need to take my gum out you will never notice this this is just something that I notice about myself when I play back some of the episodes like I feel like it impacts my speech a bit so I like have to take the gum out and I put it on like the edge of my laptop (laughs) because I am a disgusting human being anyway I must have forgot that I put the gum in the corner of my laptop and I shut my laptop and I opened it (laughs) and like there was gum on the side of my computer screen. It was a really disgusting situation. So luckily it was my own gum and not like someone else's, which I don't even know why. Okay. That's like such a random situation, but just that I would share that little tidbit. (laughs) Um, so I, like I said in the beginning, I've been trying to kind of mix up how I do the podcast episodes. I don't want them to get like too mundane. Like I know I listen, obviously listen to a lot, a lot of podcasts, probably like at least a minimum of 10 hours a week of podcast. It's how I learn. It's how I do dishes. It's like when I take my walks, it's what I listen to. Like I just listen to a lot of podcasts. And sometimes like if I'm listening to a podcast, like the same 
specific podcast over and over and over again, I get so bored with like the introductions. I'm like, I'm just over it. And I thought, oh my gosh, like if this annoys me, like it's probably annoying other people who listen to the podcast and I and my own podcast. So, so I'm trying to mix it up. So if you guys like this little introduction that I just did, um, let me know. I'd love, I love hearing feedback, even if it's not great. I just like to learn how I can do better all the time. So as always, I say this like every podcast, um, all of the links on how to contact me are actually in the show notes. So um, you can email me at info at or find me on Instagram at livingbreely. Um, yeah, so that's all it is for housekeeping. So today's guest, oh, I should preface this. If you, okay, I don't think that I have younger listeners, but if you are not 18, please click out of this episode. This is not the episode. There's uh, 78 other episodes you can go and listen to. This is not the one. Um, Not that there's anything bad on here. Actually, I mean, I think that this is a really educational podcast, but it's definitely for mature audiences only. So, today's guest. Her name's Marika, and she's from South Africa, which is one of the countries that I have always wanted to go to. Um, she is a psychosexual dysfunctionist specialist. That's a mouthful. Psychosexual dysfunction specialist. <laughs> I'm surprised I said that correctly on the first time. And the reason why I wanted to have her on is I think One, I'm always about making myself uncomfortable and pushing myself out of my own comfort, my own comfort zone. And talking about sex is awkward and not comfortable for me at all, Um, especially when I know that like people are going to be listening to it. So it was kind of selfish on my part. But I also think that the work that she's doing is really interesting. So she works with relationships, self-love, self-worth, self-respect, and she brings sacred sexuality, which she explains what that is, into her clients' lives and how it can positively affect them on all different levels of their lives. So her work is really based on helping people change their relationship with themselves first, and then obviously that like pours over into their sexual health relationship as well. And what else do we talk about? We talk about how patterns are the root of why we act or react the way that we do. Um, We also talk about uh, healing sexual trauma. I have notes here. Okay. I was listening to the, I was editing, I edited this podcast all by myself. And so I was just like writing notes. So we talk about healing sexual trauma, body shaming, relationship patterns, how to recognize learned behavior, how pain builds resilience. We talk about pornography and its impact. She talks about defining sacred sexuality. Again, so many things. This is such an educational podcast. I really hope that you guys enjoy listening to it. Again, if you are under the age of 18, not the podcast for you. If you're really easily triggered by talking about sex, we do briefly touch on some um, more painful 
experiences, trauma, things like that. So that is something that you're easily triggered by or just triggered in general, not the podcast for you to listen to. And I will have another episode for you guys on Friday. But yeah, this is Marika's podcast, and I'm really, really happy with the way that it turned out. And you, I'm going to include all of Marika's links down below. Um, I The best way to get in touch with her is definitely through Facebook. That's how we did all of our communication, because she is in South Africa. And she also has her Instagram as well, which I will include the links down below. All right. I hope you guys enjoy. I will talk to you guys on Friday. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Hi, Marika. How are you? Hi, Priya. I'm good and you? I'm doing good. I'm like so proud of myself that I said your name correctly. Proud of you too. I feel so like cultured. (laughs) You did an excellent job. I'm so chuffed because I have to constantly run it out phonetically for people as well. So the fact that you remembered, and I mean, this was probably what two months ago that you and I last spoke. (laughs) I am impressed. Thank you. Well, I remember you telling me like how in Afrikaans, well, every first of all, everyone, she's from South Africa. So she speaks Afrikaans and I was telling her I was like I had my very one of my very first bosses was from South Africa so and she had a, a really um, thick South African accent so I was like able to like pick up on it and then she was like explaining to me how like phonetically your name kind of is 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 pronounced so I was like okay I gotta like kind of try to remember this as best as I can because it is so different from like from obviously from English <laughs> yes, and um, you did an excellent job, like I said. I'm really impressed. Thank you. Now I'm going to um, come to South Africa. <laughs> you are so welcome. You are so welcome. Yeah, I would. that's like one of my dream destinations, totally on my bucket list. Ooh, lady, when we do retreats, you are so joining one of my retreats. Yes, I'm, I'll be there. Like, South Africa, I've like, talked, I've always wanted to go since I was a little girl. It's always been something I've wanted to do. Oh, goody you're in for a great time because we've got amazing places in South Africa really gorgeous places yeah and you'll have to like teach me Afrikaans because that like seems like such a unique language and I would love to like be able to just say like a couple of things (laughs) I will definitely teach you definitely yeah well so tell us a little bit more about what you do okay so I am what they call a psychosexual dysfunction specialist. So what I do is I work with psychosexual dysfunction. So this is anywhere from a lack of desire, anorgasmia, intercourse anorgasmia, vaginismus, dyspareunia, um, even penetration anxieties, you know, as well as vaginal dryness, um, postcoital nausea, hyperorgasmia, stuff like that. So anything that creates issues for a person when it comes to sex, I deal with and I resolve those issues. Um, I then also, on top of that, add um, sex coaching in for anybody that has, let's say, resolved their sexual dysfunction with me and they really want to experience um, sex in a whole new experience. So they really want to go into the sacred sexuality. They really want to make this spiritual for themselves. They really want to um, learn how to really become authentic in, them, in, their own, um, in their own bodies, in their own minds, in their own spirits in every single way. So I do my best to 
kind of give a, an entire tailor-made thing for my clients that covers from the sexual dysfunction right through to the relationship as well as sex coaching things for couples and single individuals. That's amazing. And so how are you actually doing this work? Like what are the methods that you're using? Okay, so the primary method that I use, like I've, I've been trained in psychosexual dysfunction, in hypnosis, using hypnosis, using trance methods and that kind of thing. But the primary method that I'm making use of these days are called mind mediation. And I mix all my years of knowledge and studies that I've done, which has been a freaking long list, by the way, and <laughs> a lot of studies. <laughs> I read at least five to six books in one go. I have oh about five books of it. And they range anywhere from Tantra to neuroscience stuff to, to metaphysical to, um, you know, psychology and all of that. So, um, so what I do is I combine all of this knowledge to go in and mediate with the mind to release this program because all it is in the end of the day, it is a program and the program was created to help you in some way to protect you to, in some way. So, right. um, you know, I learned how to speak to the unconscious, to the unconscious mind, to the higher self and the superconscious mind and, you know, and negotiate and kind of wheel and deal so that they can let go of this old program and then create a new, healthier way of dealing with whatever it is that was causing this issue in the first place. Right. And mm-hmm. obviously these se- sexual um, disorders or sexual dysfunction, some of them do stem from, you know, true or not, I shouldn't say, this is what I'm trying to avoid saying like true trauma versus like what, what else is qualifies as trauma, but some of them don't necessarily have to be like the most extreme, but some people just have these, what they, what they, as their own, what am I trying to say? Like by themselves, like their own selves, they have a certain type of trauma that might've happened that is causing this, this, this dysfunction correct yeah yeah look whatever the 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 brain at that moment thought would be necessary for this program to be created whether it is a jolt of a shock whether it's seeing a pornography movie whether it is shame or guilt whether it is even um you know uh, religious shame and guilt whether it is um body shaming because you know the problem here and sorry i just i'm going to digress a little bit here is when we look at body shaming happening you know our parents do the best they can and let's face it body shaming has been happening sex shaming has been happening for so 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 long so what happens unfortunately is that you know this kid might ask their mom about sex and they can very quickly pick up on the micro expression on a body moving back a few inches, which gives a message to the child that this is a taboo subject. This is a shadow subject. This should not be spoken about. Even even if the parent does his or her best not to make it uncomfortable, there is always the voice that makes it uncomfortable. There's the expressions, there's the body language. So the kids pick up on that and even that can create an issue. So does it necessarily have to be a major? Does it have to be, sorry, I'm going to say a very triggering word right now. Does it have to be something as extreme as a rape for this to be installed? That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think when people think like, oh, sexual trauma, they're uh, uh, rightfully so because these issues are, you know, very important and, you know, definitely are traumatic are things like sexual assault or um, molestation or rape or things like that. But sometimes it's not 
even that, like some, like you were saying, sometimes it is something that had to do with your childhood or a partner that you had that shamed you or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, these programs get created for, for so many different re reasons. And, and like I said before, it does not have to be major trauma. really does not. Mm -hmm. So there's so many various reasons. You know, I've worked with so many women um, back in the day when I was kind of scratching around and trying to find the root causes before I went with this method, which means I don't have to scratch around. Um, back in the day, you know, it was very interesting. Just a kid would even, uh, when I did a, reg I, I, look, I don't do a regression unless it's spontaneous. I don't work with regression unless it's spontaneous because I don't believe in re-traumatizing my clients. But when it has happened once or twice that a client has spontaneously regressed into the womb, for example, and they could even hear a mom and a dad fighting about sex or, um, you know, something that might've happened. And it's, and it's, it's not that they understand the language, but it's that they understand the strength behind it and this had to do with this thing so um, even that could have been part of it even the mom's birthing process could have been traumatic and even that is enough to install an experience into the child's brain which causes some kind of sexual dysfunction issue um, oh or, or an addiction stuff like that yeah that's insane it is so we found, uh, you know, when I did trauma release exercise, we found so many times how people were actually really traumatized by their own parents' um, birthing process. Because if the mom goes into stress and the baby goes into stress, there's just such a cocktail of hormones going around. Anxiety gets created. And it's just, it's, it's the nervous system just goes into fight, flight, freeze. So it goes into survival. And it, but it, at that point, does it learn how to get out of the survival mechanism properly? So it goes into the space of, PTSD or goes into the space of, of total lockdown or shutdown or dissociation, for, you know, just to give you one of the examples. That's insane. I never even thought about any of that. Wow. So these patterns obviously begin to show up as we begin to age, obviously, and like become adults. So yeah. what types of patterns are created like what when you say patterns like what does that actually what does that mean okay so um moving into relationships a little bit here in terms of relationship patterns um we will for example um tend to choose individuals that's not healthy for us that person so it might be a good guy, it might be a good guy or a girl or whatever, mm -hmm. or a good individual. But what happens is that because of our own pain, because of our own uh, experiences that we have not resolved properly, we will um, cause this relationship to, to become something that needs to teach us um, what to improve in ourselves. So um, it's very easy for us to say, maybe to use the example of turning a frog, uh, turning into a, a prince or a princess into a frog, a nice individual into something that's considered not so nice. Um, so that's one of the, the, pat the patterns that you find in relationships or um, um, you would even, it, even the, the, those Patterns can even go into your, your finances. It can go even into your ability to be a success or a failure because it creates belief. Mm. All these traumatic experiences or, or mild experiences or, or birthing experiences or seeing your parents treating each other in a certain way, all of that is learned behavior. 
So when it comes to your relationships, you're going to be more likely to react and treat your partner the same way your parents treated each other because it's learned behavior. And it creates these patterns then of relationships that's unhealthy, that's not good, or that breaks up because they don't know how to reach each other in a proper way, if that makes sense. No, it is. It's making me scared to have kids. <laughs> no, 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 you don't have to worry about that. Traumatized. Great, so Cal, do a session with you afterwards. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> like a session every day before I give birth. <laughs> um, Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, but the, even this stuff may, it does teach us resilience. Okay. Yes. 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 It it creates these patterns. But here's the thing, right? We create resilience through this. We remember that um, when we go through these experiences, they do teach us. We learn. We become stronger. We grow as an individual. Um, you know, if, if I have to think, if I ever had a life that was great and full of freaking unicorns and, and, you know, candy floss and whatnot, I would not have been an interesting person to be around. Right. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. I, I totally agree. I mean, granted, like, there are some really horrible things that happen to people, but I think, like, you know, on the on the other end of the spectrum it's like you can't have like the people like people aren't interesting when their lives have gone like perfectly you know or like they've had like the best of the best like I think even kids who are who are raised with like in a super you know um affluent family that have like a ton of money like sometimes they're the ones that are like (laughs) the most messed up um because they just don't have this sense of like resilience or like there's all these other issues that go on in in the home so yeah I mean I definitely agree of you know kind of keeping keeping that awareness of like sometimes these issues actually like pain pain can breed resilience it can absolutely um but you know I think that we as humans are so interesting you know we've got so much to give And I have met some people that were raised in really healthy environments and, you know, they seven, eight, nine years ago, only for the first time in their life had trauma, real trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. and even through all of that, there was still wisdom. So it depends on nurture versus nature, I think. Right. plays a really, really big role here. It depends on the type of parents that you have. It depends on the family that you have. And look, here's the thing, and this is what I told my mom, and I tell this, I say this to every mother out there, okay? (laughs) You're always going to be blamed for something. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing, it is not, don't take it personally, do not take it personally, because, you know, this is where self-awareness comes in. This is where self, um, this is where taking responsibility comes in. And this is what we have to learn as humans, as, as beings that are, that are sentient, you know, we, we need to learn responsibility for our own stuff. I find way too many people are blaming the outside world for everything that's going wrong. They're blaming their parents. They're not taking the responsibility. They're not making that decision. And this is as simple as making a decision that I will take responsibility. I will find someone to help me and I will, and I will not, I will not allow another individual to take my power, not even my parents. Yeah. Well, I think with that, like I've always said this, 
with after a certain age like I feel like I don't know maybe like 24 25 like you have to start even maybe even earlier than that like you need to stop blaming your parents for you being a shitty person like at a certain point you need to take accountability exactly what you said responsibility for like your own actions like we can't always control what happens to us but we can control how we heal and how we move through those situations so like you know if you had you know, a narcissistic mother or whatever, or like a dad that wasn't around. Like you can't keep going around saying, well, like my dad wasn't around. So that's why I like Mm. can't have healthy relationships or whatever the situation is. Um, Mm. and I know that that's easy for me to say because like I had an awesome father (laughs) and I still do. Um, so it's like, I know that that's probably like, oh, like that's so easy for her to say. And I get it, but there are certain situations that like you, like exactly what you were saying, like you just have to take responsibility for them and go see a therapist, go do like the work that needs to be done to heal that trauma. Absolutely. You know, I did not, um, I had trauma from the age of three, major trauma. Um, not a lot of people really, really know this, but I'm not ashamed of it. I had sexual abuse from the age of three onwards and it was by multiple men in my life. And, um, here's the thing. And I said this to my mom, I said this to my friends, I said this to clients. I had a choice to either end up in the gutter or to make the very best of my life. It was a decision. And yes, it took me a while to get to where I am, where I could finally take responsibility, climb out of the victim archetype, climb out of the um, saboteur and climb out of the prostitute archetype and climb out of the, the um, um, oh, geez, now I've forgotten the other one. <laughs> anyway, there's four survival archetypes that we mainly function from. Um, and it took me a while to really get out of them and to start learning my own language and learning what does it sound like when the, when the saboteur comes up? What does it sound like when the prostitute comes up? What does it sound like when the victim comes up? What does it sound like when the child comes up? And to then go, okay, now I need to really go, no, this is a choice. No, 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 no. You do not control me. None of these archetypes control me. So, so to step into that power that I have instead yeah. of you know, staying there in that little hole of darkness. So I think this is where there's two different types of people. The people who, as you were saying, like, you know, you were in the gutter essentially, right? Mm -hmm. And you decided to make the choice to try to get out of that. And I think that's where the, the two different people come in, where it is like nature versus nurture kind of situation. Like, I don't, I'm gonna ask you like, what was it that made you want to climb out of that? Because some people either stay there and accept that that's their fate. And then there's other people who rise and are like, fuck no, this isn't going to be my life. <laughs> so what was that like moment where you were, I mean, I don't know if it's a moment or if it was, you know, several moments or what that looked like, but what was it that was that you, what was it in you that was like, no, I'm going to fight for this. Wow. Um. Good. That is a very good question. I think I'm incredibly stubborn. I'm hard <laughs> ass, and, and I want to succeed in my life. And I mm. thought, well, you know, either I can be a burden on society, end up in a gutter and probably in a box on the street. Okay. Or, um, listen to my mom nagging to me at the re- for the rest of my life at I'm me living under her roof. <laughs> 
or you know me scratching my own pot and just having that fighting spirit and going i refuse to i refuse to lie down i i want to succeed in my life i i don't know i, I just always kind of felt that there is so much more to life than than right. what is you know presented or what is all this stuff that's going so called wrong i think my curiosity Curiosity, especially my curiosity about how I could shift into a better space was one of the biggest things that made me look at that. So there was no real one moment, I think, that I went, whoa, I need to wake up. Um, I think there was a whole bunch of moments, you know, seeing my own family's struggles, you know, um, a few of them is a little bit personal. I don't want to bring anybody in that didn't give me permission to speak about it in terms of my own family. But there was a few of my family members where I looked and I went, whoa, I don't want to be like that. Oh my word. No, 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 no. Jeez, that that I just did not want to be like that. I wanted to to see, you know, what am I made of? What is the strength that I've got? You know, what power do I have? Um, How far can I take myself? Yeah, well, I think, you know, in the most primal ways, it's survival. Like, Mm. you wanted to survive. Like, I think, like, those are, um, I heard this really good quote, and I can't remember where I heard it. It's not even a quote. It's like a little, I guess, analogy. Yeah. Of, um, you know, in America, we have the Coast Guard. So they like manage the the waters, like, um, if there's like boating accidents or like whatever. And the Coast Guard, they're trained that if there's like ever an accident and there's people like in the water, that the first thing that they look for are the people who raise their hands because they're the ones who want to survive. Yep. And so the people who are like holding on to dear life and just floating, but they're not putting their hands up, like they're going to be the last to be rescued. And I was like, holy shit, like that is such a good analogy for just like life in general. Like you have to put your hand up if you want to survive. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this is it. My clients know the moment that they stand up with me, I'm very much a no-nonsense coach. I don't coddle. I really do not coddle, um, to be honest with you. It's, it's we get in, we clean up, and we, and we get you into a better space. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't need to use the, you know, I need to go and dig around for why you're the way you are because I simply learned newer and better methods to resolve the pattern or the, the, um, the program that you're struggling with. Um, but the first thing first is that, you know, I don't sit there and I don't coddle my clients because they, you know, when they sign up with me, I need to know that they're ready for the massive changes that they're going to experience. Mm-hmm. And I need to get that commitment from them. They've made that decision, much like that person that's in the water, raising their hands. They've made a decision. I am getting out of here. And this is exactly what I expect from my clients. I'm getting out of here. No no, absolutely no other way around it. I will do whatever I can, whatever it needs to, that I need to do to get out of here. And that's my attitude about life. And that's what I expect from my clients too. And, um, you know, so it's, it's about that decision. It's about making a decision. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here alive. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I completely agree. So I want to circle back to something that you said in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, there's two things. And I feel like they're like almost on a spectrum. I don't know. That's like how I do everything in my life is I look at it like literally like a zero to a 10. And you talked about sacred sexuality and then you talked about pornography. So like I think of pornography, I'm like, 
the negative and then I think of sacred sexuality in like the positive and the far right like if it was like a left to right situation so yeah can you explain one what is sacred sexuality and then I guess then we can talk about pornography Okay, well, sacred sexuality has its roots in Neo-Tantra. Neo-Tantra is all about, um, you know, knowledge about awakening and taking responsibility for yourself and experiencing sex as more of a sacred experience Um, instead of just, well, I'm going to fuck and that's going to be over and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Instead, there is the experience of making it really special between, if, you know, between you and your partner. Um, you know, you will be doing meditation, you'll be doing breath work, you'll be doing all kinds of things that will help you take you into those realms of spirituality where an orgasm can feel like an absolute, I've just been touched by God on, you know, and I'm, I'm feeling at one with everything in the universe, much like somebody would experience when they're using LSD or, you know, those kind of things. Um, it's allowing that individual to really get in touch with what is spiritual, with what is deep, with what is authentic and true in their, in their own beings. If that, does that make sense? Yes. So I want you to talk about meditation Mm -hmm. and sex. What we do is that, you know, you meditate beforehand, obviously consecrating the space that you're going to be, you know, having a sexual experience with, with your partner. So there's a meditation that you'll be doing, some breath work. Um, and then as you are, in, you know, kind of connected in the experience, as you guys are, you know, connected in coitus, for example, you would probably work around with your chakras. You would be working with your breath work. You would be... Um, you know, kind of breathing together and connecting with each other on a much higher level by doing soul gazing or eye gazing, that kind of thing. Um, And even, not just even that, maybe doing a yoni or a lingam massage, for example, would be able to help you release in such a way that you are capable of having a beautiful orgasmic experience that makes you feel euphoric and blissful and like you are in connection with the universe. So, um, you know, you, when you're having sex, sex actually in itself can become a meditation too, if you look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, if that, does that make sense? No, it does, definitely. So Good, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that's like such a beautiful thing to be able to share with a partner. But I think too, like you were talking about like the wham, bam, thank you, man, like ma'am. Like I think that pornography has kind of made – made some really false I want to say expectations of what sex sex actually is yeah there are um I've had experience in my younger years where I spoke to you know people that were two three or four years younger than I am and their expectation was well my I know that this new girlfriend of mine is going to enjoy anal and my question was how do you know that well that's what women like because it's in porn and oh, I remember God. having to, I, yeah, I had to correct so many young boys about that. But um, look, here's the thing. I have a, an attitude of the following. Porn can be amazing. I, I subscribe it to my older clients. That's in their 60s and 70s and 80s. Um, soft, soft porn, for example, because they want to have sex, that kind of thing. Then I will, in certain circumstances, I will tell them, look, it might be good for you to get a, you know, soft, soft core um, porn um, 
uh, subscription and, and that kind of thing. Um, so in certain circumstances, it's really, it's a helpful tool. But yes, it creates very, very many um, issues in terms of, you know, women or men thinking, oh, this is what they need to do. You know, men think that they need to have dicks as big as bananas, you know, massive bananas or freaking cucumbers or whatnot. When, um, because that guy's dick is that big. So why is mine not this big, you know? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So there's, yeah. So it creates all these, these issues around that, around the way that they see their own genitals. Um, same with women. Women will look at women. The, the, the porn stars, they've had labioplasty, which means that they don't have the labia that, that um, protrudes, okay? And let's face it, every woman's vulva is unique. It is special. It is amazing. And everyone's vulva is different. Um, very, very, very incredibly freaking rare that it's naturally that you don't have a protruding um, labia, right? So this creates so many, you know, once again, body shaming going on because self-body shaming happens with... I don't have that. Or this woman is moaning and groaning and she can handle 10 hours long of sex. And that's not the case. You know, yeah. she cannot, can't do that. Or she's not into it. The woman that you see in the, in the, in the, in the, um, in the porn shows, you know, they are actually what we would refer to as nymphomaniacs, you know, they, or a lot of them are on drugs and that's why they have this amount of stamina and can handle whatever is happening. Oh so it gosh. creates a lot of, you know, Hollywood is Hollywood is Hollywood, isn't it? I mean, considering if you go and watch a movie, honestly, that's Hollywood. What they say about one thing on, Holly, on, on, on the movie is not really necessarily the truth. And people need to learn what it, porn is Hollywood, right? It's not necessarily the truth that you see there that every woman or every man can do that. Yeah, like it's very easy manipulated. Yeah, very easily. So unfortunately, that's what's happening. And like I said, I have no issue with people watching porn as long as you exercise uh, moderation um, and it doesn't become a crutch because we get trained and conditioned to only have orgasms through either, um, you know, sex toy or, or pornography. And that can easily become a, a pattern in the brain itself. So, you know, like I said, moderation, always moderation, that is the best key that you have in terms of this. So if you could give, you know, I mean, obviously the predominantly everyone watch, listening to this, watching this episode, <laughs> we're talking about pornography, listening to this episode <laughs> is, is there, it's predominantly females. So if you could give like one piece of advice for women to have better sex, to have better orgasms, what would it be? Hmm. For somebody with such a big mouth like mine, <laughs> there's a lot of advice I'd love to give. <laughs> right, right. Well, like, just, I mean, it doesn't have to be one thing, but just like, what are a couple of things that like you would suggest to women? Because I do think, you know, for, for men, it's a, it's the result of sex is like, it's very obvious <laughs> what that mm -hmm. is. It's very easy for them. For women, I think it, it's, you really have to know your own body a little bit more. So what would be some of those things to kind of help them, I guess, is my question. Hmm. Okay. So probably the cliche thing that I will start off is, honey, love yourself. Mm -hmm. It starts off with loving yourself. You know, um, people just go, oh, love yourself. That, 
you know, it is so simple. It's, 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 and it, and it seems so almost like it wouldn't make a big difference. But believe me, when it comes to sex, loving yourself, being intimate, it is one of the biggest ingredients you will need to have really epic and amazing sex. Yeah. Okay. It's loving yourself. How do you go about that? Okay, well, you know, obviously you can get in touch with somebody like myself or, you know, you can get in touch with a coach that focuses on that or, you know, start reading some books about that, start learning that you are actually a very unique individual and that you are, as a result, special. So that's one of the the main things that I will tell you. Secondly, you know, um, what comes to mind for me right now, whether this is important or not, I'm just going to trust my intuition, is that be inside of your body. It's okay to be inside of your body. Mindfulness meditation, as you know, Brie, is very vital. And this goes with mindfulness sex as well. Okay, we tend to fly off, fantasize, go off on a trip or a journey somewhere else. When if we can allow ourselves to be curious in our bodies, like, oh, what am I feeling now? Oh, I wonder what would happen if I... I can allow myself to just breathe into this, melt into this, and if I can just surrender to the sensation that I'm feeling now, instead of, you know, going, I'm going to lose it, I'm going to lose it, I'm going to lose it. If you can allow yourself to melt into it and just experience it for what it is, be inside of your body, hold your intent, your attention inside of your body, it is going to, you're going to also create a very, very deep connection um, and, and also experience a really uh, amazing sensation. Um, and then, you know, intention before having sex, intention before you're intimate with your, with your, with your partner, it will really change your life when you can sit there and you, and you actually create this intention of how can I be a better lover or how can I serve my partner? And I know that sounds weird because women will go, you know, how, how dare you say I have to go serve my partner? But I know that sounds so weird. But first and foremost, if we can go in with an open heart with wanting to give to our partner in a loving way, in a connecting way, Right. That intention of saying, of, of sitting and saying to yourself, how can I better serve my partner tonight? How can I make my partner realize just how awesome he or she is, right? It is going to put your, it's going to create such an amazing bond. Right. We're not talking about when he said, when she says serve your partner, she's not talking about like serve him a sandwich. Like let me lie down while you walk over me. Not that at all. It's just, yeah. how can I allow myself to be present in this relationship at this moment? How can I um, give my partner so much pleasure so that he knows or she knows that I absolutely love, love my partner so much and that I'm doing this because I love that my partner instead of going in there of, okay, this is just going to be a fuck. It's going to get over and done with. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So tell everyone where on the internet they can find you. I'm going to have all of Marika's links in the episode notes, but I want them to hear it from you too. Well, I mainly, mainly, mainly operate from Facebook and from Instagram. So you guys are very welcome to find me on Facebook. Believe me, you cannot miss me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, will, you will find the one that says Marika Blom. 
psychosexual is function specialist. My bio is in there. My profile is wide open. You can find me. You can follow me. You can friend me, whatever you want. I am, however, starting to get a really big following right now, which is, is it makes my, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to very to not be able to accept more friend requests, but um, you can you can definitely find me on Facebook much easier. My website's outdated. I don't really do anything much with it, but you can find my contact details on that as well. Because it's a little bit difficult to um, well, okay, so it's it's www.vitaflow.co. Brie will have that on uh, written down because um, I think some confusion can come into that. So um, I'm mainly, but like I say, easily available on Instagram or on, um, on, on Facebook. The Instagram handle I've forgotten right now. So sorry, apologies for that. No, you're good. You're <laughs> good. Well, thank you so much for being here. I totally, I really appreciate it. Ah, oh, Brie, I love chatting with you. This is so <laughs> awesome. <laughs>